Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. I'm here, baby's still kicking from the inside, fortunately and unfortunately, right? Uh, Those days where you're just waiting and you want the baby to come and you're still waiting. I really thought she was going to come early after all the preterm labor and it's been... Then about three weeks of just tons and tons of contractions. But hey, body's prepping. Hopefully it'll be a short labor. And here we go. Days until due date. I'm happy to be with you. Joining me today on Trending is celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. We're going to talk about Jennifer Coolidge, Cher, and other Hollywood stars who are going for younger partners. But it's not just people who are single doing this. Uh, Some are turning... Two younger partners to spice up their marriages, apparently. Uh, Peacock's new reality dating show, Love for the Ages, is premiering, and it's not your typical dating show. It seems to be, and again, I was just talking to my producer Patrick about this, um, maybe the first dating show that's actually featuring people who are already married as the people who are to be set up with the single people. That's right. That's what's confusing about this. This idea that you need to introduce other people into your marriage in order for your marriage to continue. It's a trend we're seeing in places such as Hollywood, uh, but it's something that people are intrigued by. They're wondering if this is what will make things better for them. And as we've been talking about a lot of marriage difficulties, especially going into the holidays, I think it's an important topic to discuss. Also, I saw this image my mom sent me on social media. Uh, This guy was commenting that women are giving their best selves in prime years to toxic men. And then when they want a good man, they find they feel as if they're damaged goods. And it's, I think, a real challenge in the culture we're living in today that the man you really want, you don't realize you want until... There's been a lot of heartbreak and healing that needs to happen on your part. So we'll discuss that with celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. Also taking your questions, numbers 1-888-914-9149. You can ask your question now on social media. Joining me now is celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. You can find her at matchmakersinthecity.com. Christina, welcome back to Trending. Let's talk a little bit about the trend in Hollywood of going for the younger partners today. Hi, Timree. So wonderful to be with you as always. So what's happening with Jennifer Coolidge and Cher and why is this trend uh, so prevalent right now? I know you and I have been talking a lot about uh, a lot of the celebrity um, people right now diving into younger partners. It's nothing new. This is something we've always seen. You talk about you know, the sugar mama, the gold digger, all of these different um, terms for people. But what's your take on it, especially because you work in the celebrity world, but also people who are just looking to meet someone and maybe they're trying to expand outside of their pool of people with varying ages? 
Yes. So Fox News just interviewed my sister and co-founder of Matchmakers in the City, Alessandra Conti. And they, I think they, they published the article either today or yesterday. So it's hot off the presses. And they're commenting on how shares dating a 40, uh, a man who's 40 years younger than her and and Jennifer Coolidge has been talking about some encounters that she's had with much younger men. So what my sister said that they quoted her on was that in celebrity, within the celebrity world, age is typically a lot less important than it is for the normal person dating and or going to a matchmaker. I know that a lot of people who come to matchmakers in the city have very strict age ranges that they want to date within and especially older some older women who we've match made recently have been very very strict about the upper limit of that which is interesting because that's what these women are doing too and so they're going for they they these women have gone for men a lot younger than them and something i thought was an interesting comment that from a few of the, they mention in the article a few different celebrity couples who have huge age gaps. And they admit that they feel like more like themselves with someone who's substantially older or younger. And I don't, I don't think that's a blanket rule that you, that someone would feel more like himself with a much older or much younger woman. I think that it's a very case by case situation, a person by mm-hmm. cur- person situation. Maturity, and I think that, interests, all these different things that contribute. Yes, exactly. You hear people use the expression, oh, I'm an old soul or I'm a young soul. <laughs> and <laughs> there are some women who have come to us who, who are not gold diggers who just say, I'm an old soul. I've only gotten along with older men in my life. So they are, t- they really do want to date older men. But I, so I think the, cur- the kernel that I want to take away from that, that is true is that you do want to be yourself. That is a good sign. Whoever you're with, you want to be able to, to let, to let your hair down with in terms of laughing and not feeling like you have to put up a front or a fake persona when you're with that person. You want to be able to little by little show who you are as you're dating the person and not feel like they're with you for other reasons. But so that's why I, I, I do often coach people to not rule someone out because of age. Mm-hmm. And we've had situations where we've had to have heart to hearts with some of our clients about this because the li- age limits and restrictions that they've put on the matches have been preventing them from meeting the right person. Interesting. Okay. So a couple questions on this that have come in while you've been talking, Christina, what is number one, an age appropriate gap? What do you coach your clients to say, Hey, you know, it's okay to consider within these parameters, but outside of this, you know, maybe questionable. And why is that? Right. Well, we usually have about a 10 year age gap that we say 10 years older for women and 10 years younger for men and just around your age as well. That's, that's usually what we 
what we say, but it's so different. It's so hard to put a blanket statement on it because it depends on the age of the person coming in. Mm-hmm. And when you get older, age is less important than, than when you're younger and you're in your twenties and mm-hmm. those or those eight, those years above you mean a lot more than if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s. You're making me laugh as we're talking about this, Christina, because I remember when I was about 21, 22-ish, uh, there was a student at the school and that I was going to, and he came in as a freshman, a uh, young freshman, a 17-year-old freshman, and was like determined that he wanted to date me. And I was single for a brief period of time. And I was not interested at all. And he kept trying and trying and trying. And I'm like, what? what isn't clicking here? There was like a four to five year age gap. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like just in so many ways, no. And um, this person also like had a connection to my family as well and kept telling like, I'm so interested. And, you know, I'm an old soul. And like, I know she's an old soul too. And I'm going, no, it will not work. It will never work. There's just sometimes where, you know, it, 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 I think touches on the issue of something still has to be mutual, even if you are willing um, to date someone who's older or younger in a much uh, less than conventional age gap as yes. well. Yes. That's also another question. Okay, so another question that came in is um, having to do with those people who are open to dating someone who's much older. Could this have anything to do with potential mommy or daddy issues that is kind of getting in the way and trying to fill one of those roles? Mm, It's very possible that it could. That's why it's important before you're dating and as you're dating to be really in prayer and working on yourself in terms of if there's, if you have unresolved issues with family members, working with a Catholic therapist and working with and going to Eucharistic Adoration and spending alone time and doing, figuring out if what you're going for is actually something that is going to be a great good fit for you or if it's only because you're trying to fill a void or some kind of broken relationship that that you're seeking to 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 heal in a way that it shouldn't be healed that way so that's something to avoid definitely okay let's talk about the new show that premiered last night peacock's dating show, which I don't know if there's actually been a dating show out there where some of the people are actually married, but it touches on this whole theme of dating younger people. Can you tell us a little bit more about the new dating reality show and what your thoughts are on this, especially as we cross over into the marriage realm, which as Catholics, we know that when you marry someone, it's exclusive, that person, that person alone, till death do you part, and we're called to fidelity. Exactly. And one of the, I think the title of the article that one of the articles that I was reading was, I want my husband to date younger women. I feel like life should be lived. And I found that as such a sad statement because it's people have bought into this concept that you can only have fun without your husband or wife. And that's wrong. I do know though that the struggles and challenges of marriage can make it very difficult to have fun with your spouse. And you're spending time living with that person day in and day out, raising children together. 
dealing with the stressors of jobs, moving, screaming toddlers, everything that goes into to marriage and the challenges with it. And you can really grow apart unless you spend the time to work to continue the romance with your, with your spouse. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, I mean, it's all these shows. It just seems like the, the amount of immorality is growing. How just in order for it to get picked up, it has to be more immoral than the one before. So I could definitely see that being a sales pitch for, for this show. And Peacock is actually owned by NBC Universal. So it's a streamer, streaming platform, but it is backed by big guns in the industry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why I thought it would be good for us to talk about ways to spice up your marriage without dating other people. Well, and I want to come to that in just a moment, but I think something you just brought up is really important that there's a reason why certain forms of media today are popping up. Like, I couldn't imagine 60 years ago there being anything even remotely mainstream about, I mean, we didn't have shows the way we do today, but you'd have something mainstream, uh, accessible, talking about married couples dating and being matched to other couples and people looking at that as entertainment. And that's just so outlandish. It shows how far we've come with this confusion about what marriage is, what marriage is for, and that fidelity and permanence and freedom within the context of commitment, not freedom within the context of, hey, I completely absolve you of your commitment, but hey, let's still stay committed to each other at the same time. And that's just not normal. And then you mentioned, though, that this is television, it's entertainment. There's a reason why people are being drawn to this. We're at a point in the entertainment industry where from Netflix to Disney Plus to all of these different companies, they are playing um, to our emotions and to our capacity to keep more eyeballs watching their shows for longer periods of time. And so they're turning toward things that are more and more titillating, that are different, that are enticing, and it's appealing to sexuality and uniqueness in a way that isn't, we have to recognize some ways, addictive or alluring in terms of the way our brain chemistry reacts to having this morbid curiosity. And so it's something to be aware of uh, and cautious of. But let's dive into the whole issue of having your spouse date someone younger. I think of, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and how, you know, they've talked about this open relationship that they sort of have and other people as well. And it does bring that question up, Christina, that you're discussing of how do you spice up your marriage? How do you keep it new and exciting and alive without saying, you know what, honey, go ahead and date someone else, introduce someone else in and enter into a threesome. I mean, these things that are so outlandish that are becoming more common or more widely considered even by people who otherwise wouldn't have considered it. Yes. And just something about the age gaps too, that I wanted to bring up is that it is common in Hollywood to date or sleep with people to get noticed and break into the industry. Unfortunately, it's the oldest and most degrading trick in the book. So you don't want to be used. You want to be loved and cherished for who you are, not your wealth or status. So both people, whether you're married or not, you need to be careful about dating someone who's a lot younger or a lot older than you your motives and the other person's motives. But onto these tips, I was thinking, so one thing that I'd recommend is having the knowledge that only God can truly fulfill you. This is 
achieved through spending more time with the Lord and spending a date night or a time of the week exclusively with the Lord at Eucharistic Adoration. You're, you can, I guess you can bring your spouse if you want to, but this is more about you developing that intimate relationship with the Lord who is your true husband and or your true wife. He is everything and all in all, and he will truly fulfill us. Other relationships will not do that. And our, even our spouses cannot fully, fully fulfill us like the Lord can. And then another thing is to spend time with other Catholic couples. Just also to know, I think a lot of people go into marriage because there is, yes, there are these shows that are very just go into the morbid curiosity of, oh, what would happen? But there also are a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies, how they find the perfect person for them and then they're just fall madly in love and, and then you don't ever see what happens after that. But it's of course going to be fully fulfilling your, your whole life, but that's actually not true. And your husband or wife is not the fulfillment of masculinity or femininity in the world. There are other men and other women who have other elements of masculinity and femininity that, that actually make up the kingdom of saints who you can cultivate healthy and fun relationships with. And another benefit of spending time with other Catholic couples is that you can see, and it doesn't have to be only Catholic, but it is nice to see other sides of your husband or wife who can, when you can actually really relax around these people and to see this, that helps you get to know your husband, your spouse better. And it also helps you get over the vision that I mentioned Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with this one too. And I think this was one of the challenges for us living for almost two years away from like all our family and all of our friends and not really building a community is I've always really enjoyed uh, getting to see a even like not different but a different a a different side of my husband when around family when around friends with around particular friends you know even just things especially men you know they don't communicate as much as women and things that'll come up that they're interested in or talking about that's fascinating i get to discover my spouse in a totally different way hearing him talk to other people and things that he's interested in that, you know, sometimes aren't just part of our day-to-day conversations or experiences he would necessarily consider to share with me. It was an experience from work that he thought to share with someone else. It really, I think, brings a little bit of leaven to the relationship. And I think that's good. And it's also good for other people to see how you interact with your spouse or to be held accountable when there are moments where you didn't interact the best. You know, we were um, with some friends who were wanting to make us dinner after, you know, just having moved and everything. And um, my, I was having tons of contractions and I was just mm. really uncomfortable. And my daughter's wanting to hop on my lap to eat. And I'm going, no, like just not right now. It doesn't feel very comfortable. And she was interested in the high chair and keeps like, no, you know, that's the other kid's high chair. And I'm getting so annoyed. And it's one of those moments of like, how do I handle that situation? Did I handle it, you know, respectfully when my husband's saying, no, you know, that's the other kid's high chair. And I'm like, I just don't want her on my lap. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, those are moments where we need that accountability and that interaction um, in those simple ways where we see ourselves before other people and we see our spouse, you know, in a different light in front of other people to discover them anew. 
Yes. Yes. It does hold you accountable because if you're at home and that happens, it's one thing, but then you really get a little more uncomfortable when you're about to say something that's a little bit less nice to your husband or wife when you're around other people. So that's a good point, Timory. Let's talk a little bit about uh, something I hear so often. It's really neat to, to meet people who listen to trending on a regular basis, and uh, especially those who have so much more wisdom um, and who've gone before me. And I'll meet them in person. And one of the most common things I hear from people who are married and have had years of marriage behind them is they talk about needing to have fun with their your spouse. And they say that over and over again, like, remind these young couples to have fun with their spouse. Like, so many things happen with raising a family, with, you know, everything from expenses to you name it or to the challenges of infertility. Like, learn to have fun. You hear people say a lot of, like, always date your spouse, but legitimately have fun. And it's the most common thing I hear from people when I see them face to face. And one of the things I often hear, and it appeals to me because it's something I'm interested in, is there was a woman I was just talking to a couple weeks ago. She said, tell people to do those things that the other person, you know, likes or that you guys can explore together. She said, I was never into high intensity sports. She said, here I am though in my 60s and I thrive and have so much fun because it's something my husband's interested in and I've grown to appreciate. And she said, there's so many benefits from the doing things together to the benefit of the actual high intensity sport itself. It keeps us younger and healthy and active. And maybe high intensity sports is not the thing for you. Um, you know, maybe hiking isn't that thing for you, but there are lots of things that we can discover an incredible interest in. Maybe it's playing board games uh, that starts to bring up that fun and levity that is so needed in the seriousness of life. Yes. And you can see just like when spending time with other couples, you can see a different side of your spouse come out when he or she is doing something that, that he or she is passionate about. So that's another element of just seeing the person on fire for whatever it is. And you may not, it may not be your favorite thing in the world to do yet or ever, but you can just see that joy from your spouse and that joy is contagious. That's Celebrity and World Matchmaker, Christina Padenda, here on Trending with Timory. We're taking your questions, ask an expert in relationships, one 914 We're going to come back talking about women giving their best selves in their prime years to toxic men. And then when they're ready to settle down, they want a good guy. There's this experience of feeling like damaged goods or a lot of wounds to pick up the pieces. So we'll be right back with Celebrity and World Matchmaker, Christina Pineda. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda is with me. You can find her at matchmakersinthecity.com. Also, matchmaking us lowly peasants, but please, just not if you're married. I know Peacock has a new show that's all about spicing up your relationship with someone who's younger when you're married. It's called Love for the Ages. We were just talking about it. Premiered this week. I catch the podcast, relevantradio.com forward slash trending. If you missed that conversation, what I want to talk about now in the dating scene is a real challenge 
that so many women are going through. Women that I, who I dearly, dearly love. Um, and it's hard to see. I was looking at my mom sent me this post earlier today and it said that women are giving their best selves and prime years to toxic men. And then they want a good man when they're damaged goods. And I hate those words, damaged goods. It's just like heartbreaking to call or label someone that. But it's the way that so many women today feel by the time they realize I have been chasing all of the wrong things, all of the wrong men. I have allowed my body to be used and abused. And I want children. I want to be married. I don't want to be alone. I want a man who is going to not say, hey, we're equal. We are equal, but we're not the same. Like all these things that I've been acting as if I want and I didn't care suddenly matter. But I have all these fragmented pieces in my life that I need to pick back up and together. And I think there are a lot of women who like date the toxic guy and then try for the good guy, but then they keep going back to the toxic guy. Why? Because they have all of these pieces that have fallen apart in their lives and they've not healed from the aftermath. So celebrity role matchmaker Christina Pineda is here with me. And I want to talk through a little bit of this, Christina, because it's not too late. And even if you made all of these mistakes, there's hope, there's healing, there's a future, uh, but you got to choose it. And yeah, I think so many women today are very impulsively chasing the next guy and they are just being torn down further and further that they don't know how to choose the good man. Right. I actually put that quote on my Instagram story and did a poll if it was true or false. And 67% of people, it's still going, but say that it's true. And that's just, that's a high number to to show that this is something that does happen for a lot of women. And it's hard to admit, but many women do have a propensity for bad boys. And there's so many examples to think about, but the ones that popped up in my mind are, I'm watching right now, Emma, on the, the most recent Jane Austen adaptation movie um, of Emma that was made in 2020. And she is a very confident heroine, but she has this desire for the bad boy, even though she learns that he is not what she thought he was. She thought he was going to be, he was a lot better. And then little by little, her expectations and her, what he turned out to be wasn't what she expected. And she started to see his true character and she had appropriate boundaries though. So she wasn't mortally wounded, which is good. And that was one of the benefits of, of having a more, more boundaries between men and women in Jane Austen's time. But, and then I'm also thinking about a very basic level. We had a little girl over to play over at my house this week to play with my son. And my son wanted to hold her hands while they were dancing to music, but the little girl didn't want to hold his hands. And her mom said something very interesting to her while this was going on. She reminded her daughter that another boy in the neighborhood who she plays with very often 
never wants to hold her hands and she always wants to hold his hands. <laughs> so I told my husband about this and we were just laughing that this bad boy complex even starts when they're three years old. <laughs> <laughs> Playing hard to get, honey. <laughs> In some ways, that's good. <laughs> oh gosh, it was it was really funny. But I do I do know we you always hear the phrase men like a chase, but women do too in a certain way. And if you think about Eve, she was tempted by the serpent since she wanted what she couldn't have—the forbidden fruit. She thought it was going to provide all these this intelligence to her and that, but we, we're human. We're, we are after the fall, we are human and women should keep this in mind while you're dating. So you don't fall into this unfortunate stereotype that you hear in this quote. So we might have a propensity. Women might have a propensity for being attracted to certain exciting, um, hot and cold, qualities and that that just mystery that could be surrounded by a bad boy. But if you remind yourself of that and have appropriate boundaries like Emma, you'll be able to not get into that. And then Timree was saying that, well, what if you have already fallen for the bad boy and gotten really hurt by the bad boy or multiple over and over and maybe still are hung up on some people because that happens too. You're, you, with a good man, you're not going to have the same roller coaster emotions that you will have with, that you have had in the past with a bad boy. So that takes, that takes time, but it also takes, takes de- developing your relationship deeper with the Lord. And if the Lord, the Lord may be using that past situation to speak to your heart about certain things that he wants you to grow, certain areas that he wants you to grow in or certain people he wants you to pray for, or you know what, that was the wrong quality to look for. And that's going to give you a roller coaster feeling, but that's not actually going to be a good partner for you to will provide you with a, who will have a healthy marriage with you. So there's a lot wrapped up in this, but I think that if you take this, any, if you have fallen for bad boys in the past and you have gotten hurt and if you take this to prayer, the Lord can heal you and you're not damaged goods. You, you are made new by him transforming us. So that's something confession is also a good place to seek for healing. Okay, there are a lot of different things I want to talk about here from what are actual red flags of toxic men to first what I'd like to talk about is kind of differentiating this idea of someone who is actually toxic versus someone who is manly, yet the culture today refers to as toxic masculinity, Mm. and then someone who is exciting and I don't know, I I almost, I remember working in the crisis pregnancy center, one of the counselors would always talk about, like, there's nothing wrong with kind of desiring that guy that's, like, somewhat naughty but not actually bad, right? Who's maybe exciting and different and does things. They're like, okay, so I'm not condoning or saying that smoking's good. I'm not saying, you know, different, like, riding a motorcycle is a great thing. But someone who maybe lives a little bit on the edge but has balance, right? Um, And I think that there's that, that separation that is so confusing, for women today, because a lot of women really do desire 
that manly man. Even studies that have come out over the last five to seven years confirm over and over again that women who are like radical feminists, who say there are no differences between men and women, um, who want to be treated as equals with regard to equal pay, like absolutely want to work, like think there's nothing, you know, to be discussed with regard to like gender roles or roles in the home, uh, that it has to be split 50-50, split that at the same time, these same exact women who say they want that, Christina, they actually say they want to be treated special and be put on a pedestal. And then even if they do want to work or earn a high salary, that they still want the man to be the primary provider and protector. Um, but that is specifically labeled as toxic. Even for a man to be stoic is actually labeled, according to the American Psychological Association, as toxic, right? And to be stoic is to be able to endure and endure a lot of different things. Um, but a real toxic man today, what is that? Is that someone who is abusive? Is that someone who's lazy? Is that someone who's not paying his bills? Is that someone, you know, who is that toxic man? And what are those red flags that we should be looking for? I love how you are delineating this because, yes, there's nothing wrong with a woman being attracted to the masculinity of a man. And so often that masculinity is seen as toxic when it actually isn't. So that is an important point. And something that all, my sister and co-founder Alessandra and I were talking about yesterday was that you on our podcast was that you can, you want to be with someone who you have, there's a fire in you about. And that's not a bad thing if you have a fire for that person and that person has a fire for you. That's a good thing. But the toxic part comes in when you're dating someone who is, who is unreliable, who is flaky, who cancels on dates with you last minute, who tries to use you as a, I guess, um, hookup. I would say. And if you give in to that behavior and doesn't make plans with you and does everything last minute, but then when you see him, your just sparks are flying and it's so exciting and everything is very spur of the moment and spontaneous, especially for a woman who is probably working and has a strict schedule and has a lot going on that can feel very exhilarating, but it's, you want someone who you have a fire for, but also is reliable, also is consistent. Inconsistency is another red flag of a man. If he is hot one moment and wants to see you, wants to see you all the time, but then you don't hear from him for a few days slash weeks, and then he comes into your life again and you have a whirlwind um, marathon date, and then you don't hear from him again. And it's this pattern. So you want someone who's consistently pursuing you. I say that with a caveat because there are, men have different communication styles than women. Most men do where they may not be in contact with you every day or even maybe even you might not hear from them in a week. I remember some of the bachelorettes co um, was coaching and they said, I haven't I've dated the, I went on a date with this man. And this is one in particular, but I've heard this over and over and I haven't heard from him. It's, he talked about this weekend, but I haven't heard anything. And then she finally heard from him that one day after she had written him off because it had been a week 
And some, for some men, that time goes really quickly. And, but then after that, he was very consistent, but he just didn't communicate as much. So that's, that's not, that does, it's just a different communication. He was consistent in his, most of his actions. It is time that really will help you see if the man is going to continue pursuing you in a healthy way or is going to come in and out of your life. And when you don't sleep with him, it's, he's done with you. I think these are things to ponder, right? Especially if you're in that dating scene, you know, where am I in this type of situation? I think that's in some ways what's so difficult. Let's talk a little bit about those best prime years and what's happening for many women. Um, I've found, you know, I can think of two people I know in particular, this whole idea that women give their best selves and prime years to toxic men. And then when they want a good man, they're damaged goods. Well, what is some of the damage? We can talk about it from the perspective of sexuality and that heartbrokenness. We can talk about it from the perspective of, you know, emotional, um, just emotionally being so wrapped up and then so hurt after when things don't go well, when you aren't married after all these years. But what's happening during that time? I can think of one friend I had in college and I remember she was dating a guy that was older than her that was just, he was toxic. He wasn't good for her. And I even think of things about how she was so focused on trying to be such a good girlfriend. Her desire was to be married young and to be a mom and have a family. And she was trying so hard to make that happen, but she was doing it with a toxic man in an unhealthy relationship. And I remember, you know, she'd be like, I want to be, you know, the best mom one day. I want to be the best girlfriend right now. I want to give the best Christmas presents. I want to make sure he has the best birthday. And she was giving so much of her best to a man who didn't know how to give his best. And it took her years, years of that relationship until things hit a critical mass for her to finally realize this is a terrible relationship. And after that, there was so much heartbreak that her view, her desire to be a young mom, her view and desire to be married or even have children, it's waning. And, you know, here she is now in her early 30s and these last years, 10 years have gone by and yet that was the damage of giving her best and prime years to a very toxic individual. Yes, yes. And I see that happen again and again. And there is that naive perspective, especially when women are young and meet someone who they're attracted to and that man shows the interest of wanting to be in a committed relationship with her. But unless that desire of that man to be in a committed relationship with her is coupled with dating her in a Catholic way, in the way that the Lord intended, in a way that respects her body and his body, which is saving, saving intimacy, all intimacy for marriage, that relationship is going to be toxic and it's going to be a problem. I would say that it is so rare. You hear, you do hear some situations of people getting married after, after cohabbing or, or doing things the opposite way, but it is very rare to meet someone who would actually, would actually commit after that. And it's much better to, so this is using your, using your, your faith as a guiding light when you're dating is the most important way to avoid toxic partners. 
Amen. And the choice starts now to make a different path uh, to heal. I always think of St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Go running to confession. Make those amendments. Root out the people in your life who are toxic and leading you to really lose those prime and best moments of your life that could be given to a family and a spouse and children. favorite advent hymn here we are nine days away from christmas time to dig into those advent hymns while you still can they're good during christmas too though you're listening to trending with timory here on relevant radio taking some questions but before i dive into some of these questions um i was thinking about the story that celebrity royal matchmaker christina pineda shared with us earlier about her little toddler and how he kept wanting to hold this other little girl's hand and you know they were going back and forth and the little girl wasn't interested in holding her hand and it made me think of this really simple mom tip that i never would have thought of my sister awesome mom um was sharing about how you know when her daughter who's a toddler about to turn two as well um doesn't want to hug someone she really doesn't force it or push it even if it's a family member or someone that you know she believes is like totally fine safe and like hey why can't you just give them a hug and i was thinking how interesting it was when she said this that if a kid doesn't feel comfortable you know holding someone's hand or giving them a hug even if it's a close family member you know early on that's okay, especially in a culture where there's such ambiguous lines with regard to consent um, or where people are, you know, encouraged and pressured to do things that uh, they shouldn't think are comfortable, but the culture is normalized as comfortable or safe, but also to help that child build up intuition. Like if they're not comfortable hugging someone today, that's okay. Not that that person isn't safe, but if they're still trying to figure out and you know, get to know and test a relationship first, that's a good thing. That's a skill that they should be developing. And I just thought that that was a really smart thing in a culture of consent and the reality of the severity of sexual abuse and sexual confusion with a pornography culture, even within people among people we know, people who we think we're safe, that, you know, allowing a kid's intuition and comfort level to be there is so important. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. It's just awesome mom tip for my sister, who's just a new mom and an awesome mom of two now. Uh, so questions have been coming in and uh, I got an email from Erica, which, by the way, really cool. She's listening from Calgary, Alberta, and she said a colleague of hers recommended the podcast, so she now listens to Trending with Timory via podcast. Hey, you never know whose life you can change by sharing this with them, but she's struggling with some health issues and needs to be extra careful with diet and just overall health right now, and she said that she has recently learned um, about St. Hildegard and St. Hildegard's wisdom. If you know anything about St. Hildegard, She's actually known as a doctor of the church and her incredible wisdom in teaching. But she also had a hobby that's pretty cool and actually skills. And that is having to do with natural healing. When I say natural healing, I'm talking about herbs, supplements, diet. And I love St. Ildegard. Y'all know I am kind of crunchy myself. I will admit it. Um, but she was asking if I know anything about needing to be cautious with regard to St. Hildegard's work. It's a great question. 
And I'm happy to take it because there are a lot of books out there about St. Hildegard and some of her, um, you know, things such as, you know, tinctures to pumpkin spice latte. There's actually a really cool piece where she talks about why pumpkin spice lattes are so epic this time of the year. And it actually has to do with spices that are really good for our health. Um, All of this, you know, herbs and supplements and plants, it's totally in line with our faith. Like God created the world. Now, Grant, could we talk about substance abuse? Absolutely. Um, And how that's problematic. But I think that what's challenging right now is that there's been a lot of new age adoption of what is referred to as quote unquote natural healing, right? Um, That goes from, hey, eat healthy and take some vitamin C or use valerian root to help you sleep at night, to them usurping some of that culture and maybe, you know, in the the new age creepy era of spirituality, trying to incorporate a non-Christian, not creator, God is the creator-centered reality to that quote-unquote healing and to view themselves as the healers and to start, you know, at times even praying to demons to do some of this healing. That's where it's problematic. And I think that there always needs to be this prudential discernment when it comes to anything we do in life, um, no matter what form of medical treatment we take, that we are prudentially and discerning and praying through the things we do. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with the great wisdom of St. Hildegard and her teaching. Could someone take it and skew it and use it in a creepy way? Absolutely. But I think this is where it kind of the rubber meets the road. We as Catholics are called to a grace-filled life, to be in conformity with our Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to live in a state of grace. This is why we have the sacrament of confession, because God wants us to be able to live in his grace. If we're really living a life that is in line with God, in line with his teaching, seeking his teaching out and really striving to live a sacramental life, so staying in a state of grace, going to confession regularly, this is going to help your conscience and your prudent discernment when you make any decisions, the person you're going to date, where you're going to send your child to school what, you know, path you're going to take for some medical treatment of how you're going, how you're going to handle that emotionally. This is why the sacraments are so important. Receiving our Lord Jesus Christ worthily is so fundamental. And this is that season in Advent where we've been talking a lot about it this week. Go to confession. We are obliged as Catholics to go at least once a year. The saints and everyone say go at least once a month and even better yet, go twice a month. So there, I think, is that guidepost in helping us to be able to discern what is wholesome and in line with our faith. Okay, praise report. Awesome email came in from Sandra. She said, shared her story about how she was put on birth control at age 15. She had all kinds of mental health problems and it took her years to figure out what was wrong with her. She was inspired to share this because she heard an episode of Trending with Tim Ray here with Dr. Caldwell, who's a NAPRO physician, talking about the fallout of birth control. We'll post a link on social media to that episode and kind of the aftermath of birth control use and the impact on a woman's body. Well, Sandra was saying it reminded her of her story. She said so many things were wrong with her. And by the time she finally got off the birth control, she was then dealing with a severe drug addiction from trying to self-medicate from the mental health issues. It wasn't until years later that she realized this was all linked to birth control. Did you know there are a lot of mental health issues caused by birth control? In fact, for teenagers and adolescents with a developing brain still, especially the prefrontal cortex, studies have been very clear coming out from JAMA and other places that the use of hormonal contraception 
is actually damaging the emotional, mental, cognitive, and reasonability of people contributing, therefore, to mental health issues. Now, after coming off the pill, using drug, a severe drug addiction to try and self-medicate her problem, and then not even having a regular month or monthly period and cycle for over five years, she figured it out and the connection to birth control got healthy. And she said she's so grateful to God that now these years later, she has a beautiful son. Her mental health is doing great. No need for medication. She's turned the depression and the anxiety and the seemingly di- seeming diagnosis of bipolarism around. She said that the whole time it was her hormones and it was connected to birth control. This is a great example of the truth that women need to be told the impact of hormonal birth control on our bodies. So I'm going to share a link on social media. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're there. And it'll be a link to Dr. Caldwell's episode where we talk about birth control and the impact on our fertility and how to stay healthy. Hey, this is totally secular information, but it matches our Catholic faith. We need to share, especially with these young women who are being told the lie of have children on your terms but then are severely struggling with her mental health and physical health for years moving forward. It's been a great week. Hope to be with you Monday. Well, actually, I hope to be having a baby, so stay tuned. Stay with me on social media. Maybe the baby will come this weekend. I really do hope so. God bless, and stay tuned for the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky next. Hey, if I'm not in labor, this is Timmery from Trending with Timmery, and Monday is our weekly happy hour. If you've never joined us, we dive into topics that impact our day-to-day happiness. So everything from struggling with task saturation, productivity, to things such as how my faith can help make me happier, depression, anxiety, we dive into all of it. So join me Monday for our weekly happy hour, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.